Hey, lovely freaks, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree. And that'll give you access to our social media like Instagram, Twitter, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. Well, guys, we are here this weekend. I know usually we take a week off, but we decided we'd push one out even though it's late on a Sunday. But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... I want to thank all you guys for subscribing to our YouTube channel because we have like 120 something subscribers now, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then also our video about monsters last week actually um, started getting a lot of views. Yeah, I got a lot of like it got like 200 and something views. Views, which is crazy because I mean we have a bunch on some of our older videos, but it. No, took a while, but that was just last week, and it's already got 200-something views, so thanks for that. I guess you guys like monsters, so maybe next week we'll actually dive back into the monsters, because like I said, we have a whole book of monsters that we can talk about, so if you guys want to see that, just let us know. Um, we'll pick some more out, like we did. But today's case, we're going to go ahead and get started, because there's a lot to cover, and it's crazy. Um, I believe that there is a show about it on Hulu, like about this case that's going around right now. But this is the case of Carrie Stainer, and he's called the Yosemite Killer. And it also has to do with his brother Stephen as well, although Stephen was not a killer in this. Um, he was actually a, uh, not a witness. What is it? Part of the case? No. <laughs> Yeah, he was actually uh, somebody that got, you know, hurt in this, I guess you could say. Um, So anyways, we're just going to kind of start with Carrie, and then we'll just go into the rest of it. So Carrie was born August 13th, 1961 in California. His father's name is Delbert, and his mother's name is Kay. He, He was the oldest of five kids. When he was around three, he was diagnosed with a condition and I didn't write it down because I can't say the condition but if you guys know what I'm talking about it's the condition where you pull out your hair oh have you heard of that one yeah so um at three he was diagnosed with that wow yeah and also he he had kind of like some OCD as well um that he was diagnosed with when he was younger just Mm. obsessive compulsive Hmm. and I think that also goes along with the hair pulling thing as well In his childhood years, he said he would have fantasies and dreams about killing women. Like, dreams when he slept at night. Even when he was a child? Yes, like seven, eight, nine. He said that he actually would, like, go to the the store with his mom or whatever, and he can remember thinking, like, how it would be interesting to, like, kill the cashier. Okay. At like seven and eight. Now, was he Could you ab- imagine that? Was he abused or anything? No. So this wow. is well before. Something crazy happens when he's 11, but not necessarily to him. We'll get into it in just a second. So this is well before that, and there's no evidence to suggest that he was introduced to these violent thoughts early in life or that he was, you know, introduced early to, to all this, um, like, murder and things like that. Um. He was 
sexually molested by his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't, I don't know if that was before or after what happens to him when he's 11 or what the family, what happens to the family when he's 11. So, um, but that did happen eventually. Now at 11, um, his younger brother, Stephen, was kidnapped by a pedophile named Kenneth Parnell. Now, we could have done a whole episode on Kenneth Parnell and the um, abduction of his younger brother. Yeah, I know that story. Yeah, and all that, but we, but I just I didn't because um, I just thought it would be interesting to loop all this in together. So, we're going to talk just a little bit about Stephen um, his, his younger brother, yeah, Stephen Stainer, his younger brother, and what happened. So, in it was 1972 when seven year old Stephen was walking home from school and he got abducted. Parnell actually worked um, at the Yosemite Lodge as like an auditor or something. He worked nights there mm-hmm. and he had the help of somebody he worked with help him abduct Stephen. He told the guy. I don't, I don't get this. I think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy got arrested as his accomplice, but, um, he told the guy he was gonna teach him about God and something like that. And his parents weren't good for him and stuff. I don't know. It was weird. That's weird. Yeah. So the guy helped him. Stephen was taken to Parnell's cabin in Kathy's Valley um, he didn't realize this at the time. Stephen didn't, but he was actually only like down the street from his grandfather's house Aww. when he was at this cabin. Parnell told Stephen his parents didn't want him anymore, and he told him that a judge actually gave him custody of him, and now his name was going to be Dennis. He was going to change mm-hmm. his name to Dennis. This is all all what he's telling Stephen at seven. I mean, that is a kind of smart way to tell a kid because if they believe that if you manipulate them enough they will stay so he held steven for seven years he sexually abused him Mm -hmm. and as steven uh starts to hit puberty parnell wants another boy he wants somebody younger you know because he's a pedophile he wanted steven to help him abduct someone so Stephen also said that their relationship was sexual, obviously, but he also, like, spoiled him a lot. And he didn't keep him, like, down in a basement or anything like that. He would give him things that he wanted. And Mm -hmm. so, basically, he was making him, he was brainwashing him into believing that he loved him. And, I mean, he's telling him still his parents didn't want him and they gave him up. So, where where is he going to go? You know what I mean? Yeah. So he asked Stephen one day, hey, will you help me abduct a child? They grabbed a five-year-old little boy named Timothy White. But Stephen said later he couldn't have the boy go through what he went through. So he actually makes a plan for their escape, his and Timothy's escape. They had just abducted the boy, and I believe it was like the next day or that night or something like that, Stephen decided, like, I can't let this boy go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. So March 1st, 1980, after Parnell goes to work, they do just that. They make um, their way to the police. He leaves. I think Parnell was still working night shift, and so he takes the boy, and they... I think they get a, they like hitchhike to the um, police station or whatever. 
So, yeah, he makes isn't, it to the police station. Isn't this a TV show or a movie? I feel like this is a movie. Like, I feel like I've seen this. Well, I mean, if you watch the Hulu, have you watched the Hulu thing yet? Mm-mm. I don't think so. That's the only thing I've seen it on. It might be a movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Parnell was then arrested, but of course, he <laughs> he got a seven-year sentence. Only seven fucking years. Are you serious? Yeah. He also serious. got seven years. I don't understand this. I couldn't figure out why, but he didn't get a arre- he didn't get tried for the sexual assault. He only got tried for the kidnapping. What? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't dive into too much detail on that. But so he got a seven year sentence and he got paroled in five years. Of course. Yeah. So he got paroled and then a long time went by. And then in two thousand and four, um, he actually got arrested again because he had one of his he was older man, he was in his seventies. And he was being um, taken care of by this this lady. And so her, it was either her daughter or her sister of the caretaker, you know, that was taking mm-hmm. care of him, like coming over and everything. He, he offered her $500 if she would go snatch up a, five, a four-year-old kid for him, like a four-year-old little boy. And oh she was God. like, uh, yeah, no. And then yeah. she went to the police and was like, yeah. He offered me this, and, um... (laughs) Smart on her. Yeah, so he got arrested because of his past, plus that. Um, But he died in prison in 2008, so whatever. So, Stephen's back home. Now let's go back to Carrie and explain how all this affected him, because he said that it did affect him, and I'm sure it did. Carrie did say after his brother was gone, he felt neglected by his parents, Although, like, all their attention was on Stephen and trying to find him. And they were, eventually, they were grieving because they thought he was dead after a few years. I mean, they didn't think he was ever going to show up. Um, He also said that he had to grow up quick. And he had to also take care of the house some. Because, you know, if his parents were out, if they were trying to find him, if they were depressed or whatever. And he also had to take care of his sisters. Because he had three, three, three younger sisters um, and then it was Steven, so it was five kids total. The media was also, like, everywhere. Um, then when Steven comes back home after seven years, of course, the media storm is crazy and all the attention's on Steven again, which Carrie said it made him feel like he, he didn't was... Matter. He didn't matter, which I get. Like, yeah, I get that. That sucks, but... Also, wouldn't you want to be... <laughs> I don't know, like, if you, if you were abducted or whatever, yeah. like, I would be grieving, too, along with my parents. I just don't, because he was the oldest. I mean. I mean, because he has those feelings about those, like, those unusual feelings. He could also be a narcissist. So yeah. So he doesn't really care about anybody but himself. So he's not really caring about his brother. He's caring yeah. about himself more. That's true. Um, so... Once Stephen was settled home um, and, you know, everything was going okay, the fight started between him and Carrie. Now, Carrie was around 18. Stephen was around 15, 16, or 14, 15, somewhere. He was around puberty age. Puberty? Puberty age, 14, 15. So, 
Stephen was smoking, and his parents kind of just let him do that. Like, they let him smoke because he had been doing it, and I guess they didn't want to, like, discipline him. And Stephen, I mean, uh, Carrie did say that Stephen got away got away with a lot of things, probably because his parents would have felt bad if they would have disciplined him or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's been gone for seven years. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Like, it would be like a stranger living in your house, kind of. Yeah. Because you don't really know this person. So, Carrie said that Stephen would just do a lot of things that were, like, kind of, like, douchebaggy, I guess you could say. And so, he would want to, like, he'd be like, don't talk to me that way, or you can't do that, or mom and dad told you not to do this, so you don't need to do that, blah, blah, blah. So, they would start fighting. Um, I mean, that other guy did say he spoke spoiled him so that could be another reason yeah steven said that you know the guy that abducted him did spoil him and let him pretty much do whatever he wanted but i mean obviously i don't know if he was in therapy or not but if he wasn't in therapy he needed it and yeah the parents should have been there more they shouldn't have just relied on steven to kind of fix himself no, to I mean, uh, not Stephen. They shouldn't have relied on oh. Carrie to kind of like help fix his brother. I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. But nevertheless, that to me doesn't warrant what he does later. Mm-hmm. And also, you have to remember, like we talked about, he had these feelings of killing women well before all this happened. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Now, in high school, Carrie was just a quiet loner kid type. Um, He loved to draw. And a lot of people said that he was actually, like, an excellent drawer. Like, he he was an artist. Artistic. He was an artist. (laughs) And um, he also still had the condition where he would pull his hair out. Mm -hmm. So, he got bullied a lot for that. Um... Because, you know, he would have bald spots all over his head. And people yeah. were like, why are you doing this? And they'd see him pulling his hair out and stuff like that. There was someone on TikTok I saw that had the condition. I wish I could remember the name of it. I can't. It's not that. I just can't remember how to say it. Um, but she was talking about it. And she was like, uh, it was an eyebrow pencil or something like that. Mm-hmm. She was trying out. She was like, I don't have eyebrows because I pull my eyebrow hair out. Sorry. <laughs> you know, she was just like, it's something that happens. Um, so I guess, I mean, this still was in the eighties. So back then kids were a lot more crueler. I mean, they're still pretty cruel now, but yeah, but not nowadays conditions are like, oh, that person has a condition. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Back then it wasn't, it was like, what the hell is wrong with these, this person or something like that, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and then they become douchebags that pick on them. He does graduate high school, but he doesn't attend college. There is reports that in 91, he tried to commit suicide. And then in 97, he was actually arrested for weed and meth. But he got the tra- but the charges were dropped. So, I don't know if that meant he was doing the meth and the weed. Or maybe he just had it in his possession. I'm not sure. But yeah. this little tidbit of information. Um, so, in 1985, at around 24... There was a miniseries that was done about his brother. And maybe you've seen that. It was a it was That's a mini series. But it was yeah. from the eighties or something like that. Yeah, because I remember all of that happening. Mm-hmm. This just started the media frenzy all over again. And Stephen, unfortunately, um, his brother, he actually dies in nineteen eighty nine. 
um, at 24 from a motorcycle accident. So yeah, the the media frenzy just started after that that little um, mini series happened, and then you know that kind I guess that kind of brought up those feelings of unwantedness and yeah. being the favorite child, kind of. Yeah, Stephen being the favorite child, yeah, and, and so being, he just, yeah, he yeah. just, all those feelings came back. But then when his brother died of a motorcycle accident, he was only 24 when he died. So when Stephen, uh, that's, that just sucks. Could that's you imagine, so like, your, your family, life. yeah, your family only got you back for, what, almost uh, 10 years? Yeah. And then you... Die in a motorcycle accident. So in 1990, Carrie started living with his uncle. Now, it may or may not have been the same uncle that molested him. I'm, there's some things that say that there it was the same uncle. Some things that say that they don't know. Some people say that it was um, or it wasn't. So, I don't know. What's interesting about this is about a year, it was around a year... After his after he started living with his uncle, his uncle his uncle actually died from a gunshot wound to the chest. And Stephen, I mean not Stephen, Carrie said that it was um, a drifter. He said it was a drifter mm-hmm. that came and and shot him over something. He wanted something. Um, but a lot of people were like, after you know they find out what Carrie did and yeah, the women that he killed, killed him. they were like, hmm, maybe he did kill his grandfather. But I mean his uncle. But one thing about that is, is he confesses to all the murders that he does commit, which mm-hmm. there's four different women he kills, but he never confessed to that. Like, he never came out and said, like, why would he not? Maybe it's if he something did it? he wanted to just keep to himself. Keep to himself, yeah. Or, like, maybe, so I'm guessing after all that, he starts murdering people? So maybe it's No, it takes a while. It takes a while before... Uh, he, okay. Yeah, so it's really... I didn't know if that sparked everything. Or no, because this was... That in, would be a coincidence. This was in like 1990-ish, and then he didn't murder his first victim until 1999. Mm, okay. So almost 10 years later, if, if he did kill his uncle, yeah. it would be almost 10 years later. In 1997, Carrie gets hired at the Cedar Lodge Motel right outside of Yosemite. So this is like a hotel right outside Yosemite National Park in California, where people stay and then you know you can walk drive into the park or go walk into the park or whatever um people said that he was a great working handyman he actually like helped out a lot he was really good at everything he would not only like do handyman stuff around fixing stuff he would also um at the at the motel he would also like if they got really busy and they needed a room service done and the women were busy he would go like do the room service for them you know he just pretty much did anything anything somebody needed and a lot of people couldn't believe that he did what he did and we'll get to that in a minute that happens a lot in cases it does like either it's not the person and they're like oh they were a weirdo or they're like oh he was such a nice guy like more often than not though it is the oh he was such a good guy there might be like a little bit of a weird vibe like with um with ted bundy i mean not ted bundy jeffrey dahmer you know everybody was like well he was a little weird but he still was goofy in high school but yet he was eating people on the side do you know what i mean so (laughs) because he killed his first victim 
right when he got out of high school, wasn't it? Um, right? Yeah, or, right yeah. when he got off. Got so, out I mean, <laughs> you know. And he was thinking while he was in high school. Yeah. Killing that killing, jogger. Mm-hmm. So, in, uh, so, yeah. So, in 1999, 42-year-old Carol Sund, her daughter Julie, she was 15, and a foreign exchange student they had with them, that she was living with them. She was 16. Her name was Sylvina Peloso. All took a trip together to Yosemite. They get to a room at the Cedar Lodge. And then February 15th, witnesses say that they saw them walking through the forest or the National Park. Mm-hmm. And they also the front desk girl remembered them checking out some movies that night but unfortunately february 15th was the last time anybody would ever see them again so it's three women it's the mom the daughter and then foreign exchange student this with them which would be like their friend as well they were set to check out on the 16th and they did according to log information the room was cleaned and the keys were returned but they never made it to the airport where they were supposed to meet the husband so the husband he actually the husband he act sorry <laughs> the husband he actually wasn't able to go on the trip um, for work purposes or whatever but he was going to meet them um, at the airport and they were going to go to Arizona because the foreign exchange student um, Selvina Selvina what did I say her name Selvina yeah. She had something that she had to speak at in Arizona. So they were just going to kind of make it like a day thing. And then they were going to go to the Grand Canyon. I mean, not a day thing. A vacation thing. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they were going to go to the Grand Canyon. Um, so it wasn't like something that they would miss. Like, this is a big thing. They're going to the Grand Canyon. This is going to be awesome. It's a trip. Whole family. Yada, yada. So the dad, um, or the husband, he got very worried. So he called 911. Mm-hmm. He called the police. And he said, um, you know, my wife never made it, and my daughter and her friend, they never made it back home. So, you know, the police, they searched for, they spent the next month searching all of Yosemite and outside of Yosemite, like, because they thought, okay, well, if they traveled to the airport, maybe they got into a wreck on the way. Mm-hmm. So, they searched everywhere. Um, But there was no trace of them that they could find. They had search dogs and helicopters and everything. But, you know, Yosemite National Park is huge. It's kind of like Yellowstone. It's massive. Yeah. So after a few months, they actually found Carol's wallet in Modesto, California. This was two hours from where they are. Mm -hmm. So, which this threw off police major, like, because they were, okay, well, maybe they aren't in Yellowstone Maybe they are, you know, maybe they were traveling to Modesto. They just decided to leave. But still, the husband was like, why would my family just be like, oh, yeah, we're just leaving. Like, it just didn't make any sense. But they searched everywhere. So March 19th, uh, March 18th, excuse me, 1999, a hiker actually found the rental car that they had. Um, He found it, and it was in Yosemite and it was burnt really bad and then the trunk of the car there were two bodies that were burned which mm-hmm. was Carol and the exchange student Sel- Selvina Julie however wasn't there but six days later they got a tip that came into the police station it was actually a letter with like a weird map on it and they followed the map and they found her body by using the map 
the police, um, after that, they go through tons of suspects. They, they start, they actually had like a, um, their own, uh, not, not investigation, but their team. own team. They had their own team. They had their own people working on this. The FBI, they arrest tons of people. Anybody from sex offenders to drug dealers to ex-convicts, you know, anybody that they thought may have done this. Around March, the police came out and they said, um, in the, in the um, what's it called? TV? Uh, interview? An interview, yeah. <laughs> they came out and they said, hey, we've got the murderer for these three girls. Hmm. Like, or three women, or woman and two girls, whatever. <laughs> they said, we've got the murderer. Nobody has to worry because, see, Yosemite, not a lot of people were going. They were kind of like sketchy. Like, they were like, I don't want to go there if there was a murder and they don't have the suspect. So it was kind of hindering their vacation. And this was right before summer. And so, yeah, they came out and said that they had the murders. None of which were Carrie, obviously. Two weeks after this, after they made this little statement, um, there was actually another murder at Cedar Lodge. An employee at Yosemite Institute named Joey Ruth Armstrong. 26 years old, was found dead. She was found headless, and she was living in a cabin, in the cabins where the employees lived near Yosemite, and she was actually found headless outside on her lawn, and the head was a couple of feet from her. Yeah. So, they had an eyewitness on this, uh, like, in this part, though, and the eyewitness said that they actually saw Carrie's car parked outside her cabin. Within 48 hours, they had picked up Carrie. After interrogations, he's not giving up any information. They actually release him, but tell him, hey, don't leave. Stick around town. And if you do leave, like, it's going to look bad on you. Which, who the hell would not not leave? Yeah. Um, whatever. Did they not? Oh, I, I was supposed they to did, say they, they didn't did have the, enough evidence. No, to the, keep not him. really. And they like, interrogated they? him. I don't understand. So, they let him go. Then they got a warrant to go search his apartment. And when they searched his apartment, they found things that were leading him to all four of the murders. You gotta do, you gotta that, do first, that whilst you're I don't know. I, well, all I can think is that they could only hold him for so long and they couldn't get the um, warrant, warrant before his time yeah. was up. So they had to let him go. So anyways, uh, Gary... Carrie, not Gary. Oh. Carrie, he he actually goes out to a nudist colony. It's a nudist colony that he frequents quite often, but he flees and goes to this nudist colony. He thinking that no one's going to see him here. No one's going to find him, you know, blah, blah, blah. But one of the nudist people, like, actually turn him in because I think they came over the, the news and they were like, hey, we're looking for this man. And um, so they called the police. They were like, yeah, he's here at this nudist colony. So they go and arrest him. So, after they arrest him, he admitted to killing all four of the women. He told them about all of his fantasies over the years, and he said that he was spying on the three women, um, the first murders, through the lodge window the night of the 15th. He came into the room pretending to be a handyman trying to fix, like, one of the lights in the bathroom. He said he tied their hands with duct tape and then gagged them. Carol, the mom... He murdered her first by strangling her to death. 
and then he strangled the exchange students, um, Sylvina, but he doesn't murder Julie, like, in the hotel yet. Later, it came out that he did sexually assault Selvina, mm-hmm. and he did sexually assault Julie. He told, somehow, I'm not sure how this happened, but somehow he got to talk to a reporter before he even talked to the police. Like, I guess the reporter was in the police station. He was talking to him while they were booking him. I don't know how this happened. But anyways, he told the reporter that he didn't sexually assault anyone. Like, that was supposed to make him look better. Uh, but he actually did. And he came out later and said that he did. Like, that's kind so, of important. And everyone else is going to know. Exactly. So, I don't understand why you're saying that. So, he sexually assaults Julie as well. Then he cleans up the entire room, making it look like no, like everybody's gone. They've checked out. The crazy thing that he did also, and this is his first murder, it makes you wonder if, like, it wasn't really his first mur- murder. He said that he loved to watch uh, Discovery Channel and, like, ID Discovery and true crime things, and so that's how he figured out how to, like, clean up so well. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a hair anywhere. There wasn't fingerprints anywhere that were his, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's just... It's crazy to me. I wonder if it's... This is three women he's killing and once. How did he keep them from screaming so loud that the na- that the people next to him didn't hear? Yeah. Like, I just don't... I don't get that. Um, so... Where, what was I talking about? Oh, he said he liked yeah. Julie a lot. and He drove around with her for a while before he took her into the woods. He sexually assaulted her again then he said, quote, I wish I could keep you, end quote. And ultimately, he ended it by slitting her throat. So, she was found in the woods um, with her throat slit. So, two days later, he said that's when he drove to um, the Modesto. Mm-hmm. And he threw out the wallet to throw off police, which it worked. <laughs> so... You know, he also set the car on fire, and so there was just a lot of things he was trying to do to throw police off. Now, Joy Armstrong caught his eye months later after this. He also, I think he kind of knew of her from, um, you know, working at Yosemite and working around in the area as well. So, he goes to her cabin one night, and he actually gets inside somehow. He attacks her, but... He said he sexually assaulted her. He tied her up. But he said once he was there, she was trying to, like, fight him the whole time. And he said, I just lost control. And I got enraged that she was trying to get away from me. So that's why I cut her head off. Because that's, like, a big leap from... I feel like... Laying Julie down in the grass and slitting her throat and saying, I wish I could keep you... And strangling the other two women to decapitation. So, that's why he was saying that. He was like, oh, I just did that because I got so enraged. Like, oh, okay. okay. That's great, yeah. I guess. Well, we're supposed to be like, oh, well, it's okay. Like, no. You got a little man, aw. <laughs> Bless but it. But <laughs> I feel like maybe, do you think he's not, like, sexually aroused? He's just sexually aroused by rape and not by... Well, he could Murder? be, and that's what he said about... That's why he told her, I wish I could keep you. Well, he said that about also um, 
when he was younger, like, those are the thoughts he would have. Like, when he was looking at the castrator, the woman castrator stir lady. Oh, like he wanted to murder that person. He was, the thought had crossed his mind, like, what if I strangled her to death? Oh, that okay. kind of thought. Yeah. So, um, he tells the victim's families, like, while he's in the, um, interrogation room, you know, they ask do you want to say anything to the victim's families or anything like that? Not that he's looking at them, but, you know. And he said, quote, I'm sorry their loved ones were where they were when they were. Basically, like, sorry, sorry. wrong place, wrong time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Quirky accident. What sorry, an, guys. What an asshole. He what also said, quote, I wish I could have controlled myself and did not want and did and did not wait. I wish I could control myself and not did what I did. Mm. End quote. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously he's narcissistic. Yeah. Every murderer is, but he also very big narcissist. <laughs> this is weird. Energy. Like, I hate that I murdered them, but you know, wrong place, wrong time. I can't like, control myself. I can't I'm control sorry, guys. it. Yeah. Like, come on. And I think a lot of that stemmed, I think a lot of his self-control also stemmed from him having to control himself so much when he was younger and mm -hmm. having to be like the perfect child and take care of everything. He just wanted to murder and he got his wish eventually. So he tried to plead, so he got arrested, mm -hmm. obviously, and um, he tried to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. They always but do. They always try. Um... Now, he, are, he had already gotten convicted of the first murder, uh, with, or not the first murder, the first trial. They tried the Julie case first, um, you know, the woman that worked at Yosemite. Mm -hmm. And she actually, her trial, because it was on federal property, he wasn't able to get the death penalty. He was only able to get life, but he did get life for that one. So, this is the second trial he tries to plead for insanity, which I don't really get that. How do you plead guilty on the first one, but the second one you're like, oh, no, I was insane when I killed those three people, but not her. What? It doesn't make any sense. So, anyways, long story short, the doctor did testify and said that he had mild autism, he was OCD, and he also had um, paraphilia, which is, like, different thoughts of sexual things and stuff like that in weird different ways which none of that can warrant you to be a murderer just want to throw that out there but these were just some things that he had however the jury was like okay a lot of people have autism OCD and the other so what they're not murderers exactly. <laughs> so they were like yeah we're not we're not falling for the reason of insanity thing so they they um the jury was like no he's sane and he gets the death penalty so he got the death penalty for all three murders. And on August 27th, night, uh, August 27th, 27th, I'll get it in a minute, mm -hmm. 2002, he was convicted and sentenced to death. And he's still on death row today. Hmm. So, yeah, that is the story of Stephen Stainer and. When did this all... His brother, Carrie. Around 2000 when this all happened, right? Yeah, 1999. 1999. So the year you were born. When I was born, of course. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I just thought that was crazy. Also, I thought it was really insane that Parnell, the guy that abducted um, Carrie's brother Stephen, he worked at a place in Yosemite. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He worked as a night auditor for the Yosemite Lodge or something like that. So you it's think crazy. That you would think after he's like seen what it's like to been been through like traumatic traumatic situations, yeah. he'd be like, I don't want to do that to another person. But that just yeah. proves how narcissist he is. He's like, eh, I don't care. All I care about is myself. Now there were some speculations that I couldn't get like hard proof that he because I read somewhere and then I I heard somewhere. Two different things. That he did have brain damage. I mean, that, okay. don't they always? They always do. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of neither here nor there. But that begs the question of if you are born evil. Because mm-hmm. nothing really happened to him. I mean, he was molested. But let's face it, 90% of all people are when they're young. I'm just being yeah. completely blunt. Um maybe 80%, but it's a high it's a high ratio. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are molested, but they don't become murderers. So I don't think it was that. I just really think that maybe you're born evil. Now, to end that born evil thing, um, I don't exactly remember the name of the girl, and I wish I did, um, because this happened recently. So I paused and came back. Um, her name was Lily Peters. She's 10 years old. This happened recently, like, I believe, like, month. Maybe not even a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was, a, she was, and we'll probably have an episode on her eventually um, once details come out. Because we don't really know everything. But she was abducted. She was kidnapped. And then they eventually found her body. And they eventually arrested a 14-year-old boy that was connected with her murder. He actually, like he told her like hey let's go play Mm -hmm. he's an eighth grader he was like hey let's go play in the woods you know it would be like my son because he's supposed to be 14 and my niece Rhea (laughs) like that's what that would be like and um so yeah he just took her out there he sexually assaulted her and then he killed her he ended up killing her and um there's more details to come but a lot of people, his family and all that have come out and said, because I don't know his name, so don't ask in the comments. That's been uh, private. They, the investigations have, the police haven't released his name. But, um, you know, there was no no reason why he should, supposedly there was no reason why he would be having these thoughts. And also, he's 14. Just like those boys in the UK that killed that little boy. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's just no... And then, you know, James... What's his name? James. The little boy James. They died on the railroad tracks by those two boys. Like, there's no... That wasn't in the UK. That was here. I don't know why I said Uh, UK. Yeah, I don't think it was in the UK. No. There's so many different... Sorry, guys. (laughs) Different things run through my head all the time. But, yeah, it just... It just makes you wonder if someone's born evil those girls that um killed or tried to kill i think they tried to kill her but they couldn't she survived for slender man or something like oh, that. the slender man thing mm-hmm. i thought they did i thought they did kill her maybe they did maybe she died in yeah. the hospital 
I'm that's sure. right. She died in the hospital, and yeah. they she told them the names. That's mm-hmm. why. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that just begs the question. So if we have any psychologists out there, you know, that want to chime in on whether or not you think that people are born evil, or some people maybe are born just with these tendencies or something like that, that'd be very interesting. I'd be very interested to see. I'll be diving in that soon. Yeah, Hannah. Next semester, she's going into psychology. Um, so maybe she'll have some insight on some of these yeah. <laughs> cases that we do I'll be into, in yeah, into what that's going to be her minor in college. So maybe she'll have some insight onto what, um, you know, she'll give us some answers to some mm-hmm. of these questions, but all right guys, well, next week we'll be back with a monster episode cause you guys seem to love the monsters. Um, if there's any monsters in particular that you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, you could go on Twitter and let us know. You can tweet us. And then everything will be linked down below. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere that you're listening to us where you can leave a review. Spotify doesn't do that yet, but they need to. Um, You know, YouTube, you can leave us a review there, comment or whatever. So I hope you guys enjoyed, well, not enjoyed today's episode, but found it informative. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Because it was definitely crazy. I mean, just the fact that it was two, two things in one. You know, his brother gets abducted and then he turns into a serial killer it's crazy um so anyways we hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend and we'll or week and we'll see you guys later bye